Hey there, folks. Episode 101. Back in the saddle again. Back to normalcy. Uh, we return uh, with two-time guest, Apache Chief. He's back on the show, along with his new protege, uh, Cassidy, as they premiere their new track, All Eyes. Uh, so we'll play that for you in a little bit. Uh, Heather is back. We're going to be talking about a lot of stuff today. Lots and lots of news, including the G7 Summit, uh, measles, uh, the Alamo Draft House, some history lessons, robot cops, Aaron Rodgers, Tiger Woods, uh, and much, much more. All that, episode 101. Uh, We're happy to have you, folks. Good to see you once again. close to the microphone it's important uh you know i feel like with with it being episode 101 there's like an inherent like there's a letdown right we were all gassed up for episode 100 it was very long it was two hours i feel a little bit like it's a little bit back to normalcy this week is it underwhelming now that we've passed 100 do we feel underwhelmed by i feel like i'm just getting started so i'm like yeah let's go i'm ready (laughs) i'm entirely underwhelmed but i will quit before the episodes end uh, going back to quitting every episode yes. like you used to do. Yes, yes. It's good. It's good. Happy Memorial Day or day after Memorial Day by the time you folks hear it. Mm-hmm. This was a three-day weekend for, for me and for you, Kev, although I feel like I didn't get much vacation time. <laughs> no, no. Everybody wants a piece. <laughs> everybody wants a piece. Everybody wants a piece. No, I had a good weekend. I, uh, I did a lot of uh, things, fun things, especially it was nice to have Saturday off. I rarely get Saturdays off. Yeah. Nice to have a full Monday off. Normally I go in for a couple hours in the morning, even though it's technically a day off because there's, you know... The way the week works is like Mondays are my day off, but Monday is also the first day of business. It's only my department's day off, so there are still things that have to be done. Mm. So it was nice to get the full three days. Today could have been a relaxing day, but I put off everything responsible wise I had to do till today. So yes, yeah, I think Same. everybody does that. Yeah, they're like, I just get it Monday. I slept in way later than I wanted to, and I spent most of my day at the laundromat, which, by the way, was packed. That makes sense. Absolute packed to the gills in there at the laundromat today. You know, our washing machine has been on the fritz for a long time, and uh, I've learned the ins and outs of getting in and out of the laundromat as quick as possible. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sneaky. I'm like yes. a laundromat ninja. Oh my gosh, I haven't been to a laundromat in a long time. Well, you probably have a working I washing machine house like a normal person. Yeah. How was your Memorial Day, Heather? It by was the way? great. I went up to camp in Inlet. Stayed oh, you're in Inlet. Yeah, yeah, for three days. It was nice. We're notoriously known in Inlet. People know us up there. It's true. Oh, yeah, we've caused oh, it's some. True. We've had some really good times in the Do you stay up there? Or? Uh, what's, yes, yeah. What's yeah. the place we're not allowed to go anymore? Del Boca Vista. Del Boca Vista. That's, that's right. not actually the name of it, but that's what we call it. What that is we, it? It's a, it's a weird motel. Uh, right, If you turn up South Shore out of yeah. like the middle of Inlet, yeah. that first motel right there on yeah, your right, okay. yeah, we're all banned for life. Yeah, we are banned from there. Yeah. Um, I got married at the hotel near there. Oh, really? nice. Woods that's, a, that's a really nice place. Yeah. That's a really nice place. I love Inlet, though. We've spent a lot of time up there. Yeah, good time. It seemed to be the hot spot this weekend. It I saw everybody. It was packed. Yeah. I like I like vacationy like little towns like yeah, that. The inlet is really fun to walk around there. I actually didn't do a lot of the traditional Memorial Day stuff. Didn't really do much cooking out. Not like maybe for a couple hours yesterday with the fam, but that was about it. Went to a cookout at my brother's house yesterday. Mm. Very good. Very good. A lot of good stuff. Uh I had this debate yesterday with my stepdad. Uh, I think hot dogs are on the comeback and hamburgers are on the down. Do you agree with me? Where did hot dogs go is what I ask. No, I think they both are just chilling. Maybe it's just me yeah. then. I'm, I'm yeah, more. I don't think they went anywhere. I'm back around on hot dogs now lately. Maybe you're, yeah, maybe you're back. I'm back around on a hot dog. 
I feel like it's harder to screw up a hot dog than a mm. hamburger. Like, everybody's gotten, like, those overcooked, like, grimy grill burgers before. <laughs> yes. But with a hot dog, you throw some char on it, it's Doesn't even matter. better. Way, it's it better, doesn't. actually. I'd prefer a little bit of black on the hot dog. And little snappy dogs, good times. Yeah. Big fan. Uh, Memorial Day is technically, although it's not really the first day of summer, this is what people consider the kickoff of summer. So, are you ready for summer? Yes. Yeah, sure. But yeah. it's 50 degrees and raining. <laughs> <laughs> it's so depressing today. Uh, I'll say one thing, by the way. I did... Go bike riding yesterday, very briefly, around my mom's neighborhood. I've not ridden a bike since I left New York. Uh, well, New York City, I mean. Uh, still good. Underrated, riding a bike. <laughs> kind of it's a dangerous neighborhood up there to be riding a bike. You go turn onto that Route 12 or 20 or whatever that is. I stayed away from Route 12 oh, over there. God. but you Pet Cemetery in the heartbeat. Well, you know what it is? It's funny, because my mom has, like, sort of hills around her house, so I'm leaving the, you know, I'm, I'm on the bike, and I, I pull out of the, the driveway. Now, mind you, this is my sister's bike, so it's, like, pink. And it's very... It's, I'm visualizing like a 12-year-old. Yeah, it's very much like, yeah, it's, yeah. So I took it, and I'm going down the hill and cruising by, beautiful weather. I'm like, this is so nice. I'm going to start riding my bike all the time. And then I had to go back up the hill to get back to my house. I was like, oh, this is terrible. Oh, why did I, why did I make this mistake? Uh, not like our good friend Kate Riley, who's doing the Ride for Missing Children, which is going on this weekend, oh, yeah, which is June 2nd. Just, also, a good friend of the pod, Gator, will be out there, mm-hmm. prospering for the missing children. Nice. Uh, yeah, so uh, I don't believe it's too late to get involved. If you want to, go to ridefromissingchildren.com. If you're interested, that's this weekend coming up. Uh, good looks for our GFOP, Kate Riley, who I think raised over like $1,000. I think so. Yeah, yeah, which is I crazy. So. The Ride for Missing Children is awesome. Yeah, I don't know how much you know about year. it, but it's a really, really impressive thing that they do out mm. there. Well, it's like they go between all the different schools, right? Like they drive between, like, I know that they end at like the New Hartford Rec Center and they go to all the different locations. It's pretty cool, like the layout they have of it for bike riders. Uh-huh. And they yeah. go by the prison too. Like yeah, yeah. Of silence, and mm-hmm. they, all the writers say how emotional it is because they have people standing there holding mm-hmm. signs of missing yeah. children, of like the kids they've lost, yeah. and all the parents and families. Yeah. Come out. Just, and it's just no one can talk, and it's just quiet. That's what I've heard. That silent like, mile so is crazy. Like I know a lot of people who do the ride who say they tear up every yeah. year they do it. Like people who you wouldn't expect, like yeah. not the type of people who are tearing up over like you know everything that goes right. on, but people who are really like yeah. hit to their core by going out and seeing what goes on at this ride. Hmm. Okay, uh, before we get into any of our other stuff this week. Uh, I just want a couple quick things I want to get back to. Uh, we did a poll last week about shows we wanted that might come back uh, to television. Uh, poll's over. Freaks and Geeks got 47% of the vote, which is crazy to me. I think that Justin Parkinson just used his numerous Twitter accounts to go on and vote for Freaks and Geeks. No, because he, he would ask for worse shows. That was his pretty... He picked that one. That as, was his. As the worst show? Or as a show he wants to come back. Yeah, it's a great show. 47% for that, 26 for Deadwood, 22 for Firefly, and 5% for Hannibal, which might have been just you, right? I didn't vote, so whoever... Firefly? Oh. No, Firefly is horrible. Oh. Um, for anybody who voted Hannibal, get at me. We are now friends. We can talk <laughs> about Hannibal all the time. Uh, I've actually heard a lot of people just talk about how they're trying to bring that show back anyway. They were, t- I just, I saw an article in the news about it last week that said they talked to the two main guys and they're both like, yeah, we're game if we do this. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. Um, all right. I think that's all we had to get to before we get to the major talking points of this week. Uh, there is one story that is obviously a huge story. We're not going to go too far into the, uh, the Manchester bombing that happened at the Ariana Grande concert last week. Uh, very sad. Why we're not going to get into it? Because we've sort of talked about We've talked in circles around these kind of things over the last few years. Um, The only thing I really got away from this was, like, concert is pretty pretty low, man. Like, concert for kids. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 pretty rough. Um, Yeah. I don't don't have much deeper (laughs) insight into it. It's really sad. No. I don't know. It's like, 
And, it, and, it, and not to be morbid, but I actually have thought about that at, when I've gone to like baseball games or sporting events in the past. Are and I know you, that is. Am I going to blow? Is the stage going to collapse something or something's going to happen? happen? Yeah. yeah. Not I think like we I've all kind of think that. Um, yeah, and not like I've ever been there and I'm like, oh my god, something's going to happen. But I'm like, no, man, if something did happen here, like, what a what a disaster it yeah. would be. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God. How would you, you get mean? out? I always think of what my exit plan's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I really do. I'm yeah. like, okay, something happens. I'm I think that's to... something smart to do anytime you're in a large crowd anyway. Yeah. Like, you should, especially if you're unfamiliar with the place that you're in, it doesn't take much to look around and be like, okay, if for some reason, because even, you know, outside of like, you know, scumbag terrorists or whatever else yeah. might happen, like even something as simple as a fire, these yeah. things do happen. And when you're in a new place you've never been before, it behooves oneself to figure out where you're going to go if you got to get out in a hurry. Yeah, there's definitely wrong. All right, so do you guys want to get the politics stuff out of the way first, or do you want to save it for the end of this first part? Uh, I don't know what politics stuff you have, so I guess I'm sort of, let's let's dive right in. Uh, Well, the only politics I really have this week (laughs) is from the G7 summit, which took uh, place in Brussels uh, earlier this week. I can't handle, yeah. Uh, Well, look, I think that when... When the Trump administration went to and their tour of the Middle East last week, I think a lot of people were sort of like holding their breath. They're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Yeah. I think outside of the orb meme, which is maybe the greatest thing to come out of the Trump presidency, is the orb meme with them touching the orb. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of that, I think it was, and that obvious like leaking information on and, television. And more. For the most part, I think it went, I wouldn't, I don't want to say like better. He, I like when, no, it was terrible. It was a, it was a train wreck the whole time. I like when he met with uh, the Israelis, the prime minister there, Netanyahu, and he told the whole room, people, he's like, yeah, you know, I just got back in from the Middle East. All these people in Israel are like, ah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so embarrassing. I don't even want to talk about our president. Uh, well, the, the G7 summit did not go much better. A lot of people are saying it actually went worse. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, so first off, let's start about, let's start off with something. I, I'm, can you correct me? Am I saying it correct? Is it Emmanuel Macron or Macron? Macron. Uh, hard to say, man. I don't know. I'm going to say Macron because uh, it sounds like more of a, a like a space age robot name. You like it because it sounds like Cameron. Macron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? Kill a Mac. Kill a who. Um, so Emmanuel Macron had a internet meme that kind of went viral when he met with Trump earlier this week in Brussels. They had a very long, uncomfortable handshake, which I saw somebody describe on the internet as it looked like two squids mating. Um, <laughs> well, have you seen all this stuff about Trump's got this crazy handshake, right? He, You've seen all this stuff in the internet. You in, like, he, gra- he grabs your hand and he like jerks you in. Yeah. He's like, you read some dumb book in the eighties about like being an alpha male with your handshake, and he does it to everybody. Yeah. And so these people have caught on. There was a video on the internet of um, did you see the prime one, minister from which one? Canada. Yeah, when he oh, yep. got- he stood his ground, put his hand on him, almost yanked him off his feet, <laughs> and like they had, they showed video of Hillary rehearsing for one of her debates before oh, yeah. the election, <laughs> where she practiced avoiding this handshake. So now people know, and uh, the the French guy there, Macron, made him look like a fool. He almost yeah. ripped his arm off. It was uh, <laughs> excellent. Well, it was very fierce, and as you watch it, it looks a little bit macho. But I, as I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this may be a little bit played up for the media, right? This is a funny story, but no. Uh, President Macron talked a lot about this, revealing that it was entirely intentional. Uh, my handshake with him, uh, quote, was not innocent. Uh, it's not a be-all, uh, end-all policy, but it was a moment of truth, he said. Um, this is the quote, and it, it makes me laugh. Donald Trump, the, uh, the Turkish president or the Russian president, see relationships in terms of a balance of power, he said. Uh, that doesn't bother me. I don't believe in diplomacy by public abuse, uh, but it's my bi- uh, bilateral dialogues that I won't let anything pass. Um, this is how you ensure that you are respected. You have to show that you won't make concessions, not even symbolic ones. Bold. 
Bold statement from the press. Have you ever met one of these idiots, though, these people? Like, you know, Heather, you might not have as much experience because guys shake hands a lot more yeah. than girls do generally. Yeah, shake hands. But, like, you ever, well, you, I'm, you know, sometimes to the point of offense, I always try to shake a girl's hand if I meet a girl generally yeah. because you don't yes. want to differentiate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you'll meet these guys who are, like, complete hardos, and they're just like, I'm going to shake your hand as hard as I can just to let you know what kind of guy I am. And they're always the worst people. You don't find a lot of, like, good dudes and normal folks who do this kind of no. thing. You've definitely come across them, because everybody's come across them in some walk of life. Uh, it's usually, whenever this happens to me, it's usually when I run into an ex-girlfriend who's with a new boyfriend. Oh, new boyfriends will shake yeah, new boyfriend. What kind of handshake is that? Is that's a strong handshake. Oh, it's a strong That's like, a strong handshake. Once, uh, well, you want to you want to present dominance, right? Yeah. Uh, I think that's always hilarious to me. I try and go as casual as possible. I'll even give them the limp one. Like, yeah. okay, I like to go. make a comment about it, like, oh, Look at the big grip on Brad. <laughs> oh. Like, just say something. Well, you know what? You got to think about this, too, though. From my perspective, you are a larger man than me. People are less willing to roll up to you and try and outwit oh, yeah, you in a handshake, gonna, yeah, I feel like. Unless you would be surprised, because let me tell you what happens. People want to test you. People, well, people want to let me know, like, hey, buddy, I see you. I see that you're eight <laughs> inches taller than me. I see that you're, you know, cooler than me. You got better hair than me. I see all these things. And we're in a scenario where nothing can happen, so I'll try to, like, squeeze your hand and send a message and look at you. And I just, I've only got so much room on a hard drive, so I always just sort of laugh about it because I don't have time to care. You know what I mean? Like, if you used to date somebody, you see them with somebody new, well, you care. Like, that's mm-hmm. cool. I hope you guys have fun. Like, enjoy yourselves. It says a lot about the guy, though. Yeah. it's. Yeah. I mean, it comes from a place of insecurity. And I think yeah. you see that with Trump as well. I feel like if, if you're Donald Trump, you got to feel, I mean, if you have the self-awareness at all, which is up for debate, you've got to feel a little bit insecure when you're out there with these, I mean, super intelligent people, you know, these people, these diplomats, these world leaders, these people who, you know, you can't really punch in their weight class. And it is a sign of insecurity to go out there and just squeeze the hell out of somebody's arm and jerk them around or try to show that you're the toughest guy in the room. If you're the toughest guy in the room, you don't have to show anybody how tough you are. You don't need to do it when you're president of the United States. No, seems silly. You already got that. Seems silly. <laughs> um, so outside of handshakes and posturing, there was another quote that's getting a lot of buzz that came out of the uh, G7 summit. Uh, that was from German Chancellor Angela Merkel. Uh, who she never really mentioned Trump by name, but it seems pretty obvious what they're talking about here. Here's the quote. Uh, the times when we could fully rely on others are to some extent over. I've experienced that in the last few days. We Europeans must really take our destiny into our own hands. And they um, consider us not an ally anymore. Mm. They're choosing with that too. Not fully, yeah, but they, but they, they basically, the that they basically said that right now we can't really rely right. on our traditional yeah. big brother protector, so we've got to come together. I think this is going to be... Um, a really galvanizing moment for the European Union and what remains of them. I think this is going to be one of the things that's like a, uh, a big benchmark on the road towards the EU becoming a stronger, dominant world power going forward. And I think it's going to bring a lot of them together to be like, hey, we're kind of on do our own think, right now. Do you think Britain is uh, feels like they jumped the gun now in hindsight? I No, I feel like Britain is in the same position they were in when it happened, mm-hmm. the same position we're in when Trump happened where the a very large number of people in the country and basically everybody with any kind of education or anybody under the age of like 40 is horrified because that's what happened right after Brexit came out like there were so many young people like it got voted against by young people by some insane margin you know what I mean it's just the same thing it's the old uneducated scared people who don't really understand the world and want to go back in time to some perceived way the world used to be I think it's the same people out there so yeah I mean I think the leaders in Great Britain know what happened. I think they wish they could have changed the vote, but there's nothing you can do when you let the people vote. Uh, all right, what else we got here? What's another big one? Oh, here's another, here's one a lot of people are talking about. Uh, I haven't been on an airplane in a long time, so I, I have a hard time saying this, but it looks like uh, 
United States uh, seems to be interested in banning laptops from airplane cabins on all flights going in and out of the country as part of a, quote, ramped-up effort to protect against potential security threats. This is from U.S. Uh, Homeland Security Secretary John Kelly, who was very vocal about this earlier this week. Um, I don't—I guess I don't know enough about what having a laptop— on an airplane. I don't either, but they must have something. <laughs> if they're feeling that strong about it and they decided they wanted to do it, I don't think they're just doing it to to do it. There must be something going on or something that is happening. Well, yeah. That, well, that yeah, means that a lot was... of people are mad and they're frustrated, but who are we to make that decision when there's probably there's got to be something going on that we don't know? And to, they have... to, to some degree, but I... Well, it's because it was, you know, the big news, uh, it was like two weeks ago now where they were talking about, you know, the stopped ISIS mm. plan with the bombs and the laptops yeah. that was everywhere. Mm. And so that's, they think, one of the plans is, you know, smuggle a laptop on it's big enough you can build a bomb. And I understand where that's the type of thing that you want to and try to need to guard against. Sure. But there has to be another way because I don't believe that continuing to give over freedoms and liberties in the name of security will land you either. Mm. You know, people are like, oh, well, if we just do this, if they just take one more thing away from us, if we just change one more thing, well, then, will then else, we'll be safe. Else? It's that's already something, and it will continue right. to lead to something else. I mean, ever since we ever since we legalized the Patriot Act, it's after a temporary band. I didn't quite read it that article. I just saw the headline for it. If it's going to be temporary, it'll I mean, be one of those things see. that'll eventually stay. I feel mm-hmm. like you know, temporary. I'm I'm not against it, but I'm not for it. Right. It's so, just. I mean, I'm, I need to hear. I would like to know why. Well, like, the is there something that comes? I mean, we just hear we're going to do this, and this is going to happen. Well, why? Are you finding something more? I mean, just tell us more than... Yeah, that, well, that's what was in the news two weeks ago. That yeah. was the intelligence specifically that Donald Trump told the Russian ambassadors, allegedly, oh, that they got through their Israeli friends, <laughs> uh, basically saying that there were ISIS plots to use laptops well, to make bombs out of. When, when he says it, I don't even want to believe anything. Uh, just to be fair, uh, John Kelly also was on Meet the Press this week, and when he was asked about the connections between uh, Jared Kushner uh, Krushner, is that his name? And uh, Russia was communications leaks. He said it was uh, no big deal. So mm-hmm. uh, priorities is cool. Good to have priorities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How many more years left? Uh, too long. <laughs> all right. So, all right. This is, uh, <laughs> I got one more news story for you. This is not politics, but this might be one of the weirdest stories I've read this week. Uh, this is from a local report in uh, in Channel View, Texas. Uh, a number of Channel View students are be. Uh, I'm sorry. A number of Channel View uh, ISD teachers are being disciplined after naming a student in an assembly quote most likely to become a terrorist. Oh, I I heard that. <laughs> they just found it as a joke. Said seventh grader uh, Lizlith, Lizbeth Venezuela. I said that wrong. I think. So apparently they had this big mock award ceremony oh, in front of the school. God. And the teachers were signing these out and handing them to students and sort of watching and laughing. Um, one of the apparently one of the students said to the teachers uh, that some people might af- be offended, and the teachers didn't seem to really care. <laughs> oh, where was this school in? Texas. Texas. Okay. What do you mean? Okay. <laughs> like, I know it's not as hard to be a teacher now as it was like fifteen years. Ago. <laughs> I know, but geez, especially with everything going on right now. Like somewhere along the line, was there no like upper management who looked down at this and was like, "Uh, guys, well, maybe this they is didn't probably even not go to upper management for that one." I don't know. Uh, this was almost my "I give up on the internet" story of the day. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you want? <laughs> <you wanna, laughs> so yeah, uh, dark world we live in. Happy Memorial Day. <laughs> 
Well, Cass never gets that. Most I likely know. to be a terror. Are you scared? You're scared about the world. Because like, I say it to my I'm sister all the time. I'm more scared now than I was before I had a kid. Then, yeah. I guess, like, certain things affect me more now. Because I think yeah. if something happens and he's so literal and vulnerable mm. right now. I tell my sister so. that all the time. She, ne- I don't think she ever really cared much about politics and stuff. But now she's... I never did as much yeah. until... I had, well, right before I had him, so. You've said it a lot. I don't think a lot of people cared as much about oh. politics until <laughs> Now, I think ago. now, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, that's enough. Uh, let's take a break, and let's get to this week's uh, interview. We have two people coming in this week. Uh, one of them, the Apache Chief, good friend of ours, will be joining the Two Timers Club, uh, and his protege co-collaborator on their new track, All Eyes, that's coming out today, uh, Cassidy. So, Apache Chief, Cassidy joining us in the studio. Uh, we're very excited, and we're back in just a moment. I have you here on the show. Um, I went out for Memorial Day this weekend to a, uh, a camping event, sure. right? And I got absolutely murdered by mosquitoes. So if you catch me, like, itching or <laughs> viciously scratching myself, it's just because the mosquitoes done got me. They got me good. They that put... happened to me last night. I didn't know that, and I woke up this morning, and I was like, oh, my God. Uh, well, that's what happens. Like, you don't notice it so Same. much until you come back, and you're like, why is, what is wrong with me? Yeah. Why can't I, like, sleep or move around? Same, Sam. What's the mosquitoes? It's mosquitoes. I know I get the itch. So I am joined here today uh, by returning uh, GFOP Apache Chief, yep. uh, and I don't want to say protege or co-contributor <laughs> on this track, no, no, but no. like uh, performing artist uh, Cassidy. It's a pleasure to meet you. You too. And now, because this is the first time I've had you on the show, Cass, I'm going to uh, I'm going to hit. So very good. See, I did it already. <laughs> I'm going to hit the chief with a couple things uh, that I need to get out of the way with him For sure. before we move on too far. Uh, first off. Do you remember the last time you were on the show? Yeah, episode 35. 35. 66 episodes ago. Congratulations, brother. God, thank you, sir. Thank you. Got you. you. Uh, And because you've been on the show for your second time, uh, we have something for you. Uh, Congratulations. This is your Uticast Two-Timers Club trophy. Everyone who's been on the show twice is now officially a Uticast Two-Timer. Congratulations. Wow. I'm a two-timer, (laughs) y'all. We like the Two-Timers Club. Hell yeah. I'm in a winner's circle. Catch up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, so thank you for coming back onto the show. No, bro, uh, it's a blessing. Thanks for having me. No, it's a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. Uh, and Cassidy, uh, because we haven't had you on, I'm going to hit you with the, the tough interview questions. Sounds are you, good. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> uh, Cassidy, where are you initially from? Um, well, I was born in Nashville, Tennessee, but my really? hometown's, yep, my hometown's Oriskany, though, so right around here. Oh, okay. I moved up to New York when I was about two. Okay, so you were born down there, but you were in New York from like two on. Right. So you went to like Oriskany school? I went to Oriskany and Holland Patton and hopped around a little bit up here, mm. but... I graduated high school at Oriskany. Oh, you graduated high school at Oriskany. What's the what's your mascot? What's the Oriskany what? The it's Oriskany. uh it's Oriskany Redskins. Oh, did they yeah. change it? That's I hope so. Controversial. They, they keep oh. wanting to. Yeah, I don't know. I got out of there before that got too. <laughs> um, can I ask you? Can I ask you? Is it okay to ask? What was your What was your stees in high school? You were like a punk kid. Were you like a nerd kid? Were you like a? Um, <laughs> I was very. 
<laughs> but like the school system itself was extremely laid back. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really. There was some kids who like I don't know got into trouble a little bit, which I didn't mm-hmm. try to do any of that. But it sure. got to a point senior year where I was kind of just like I had like three study halls in a row. Yes. And a couple times I kind of just left school. Oh, okay. um, that wasn't like okay with them. So that's probably the most trouble I got in there. See, I went to Proctor, and my last senior year was the same kind of thing. Like I, I was a smart enough kid where my last few years I'm like. I have many classes to go yeah. to here. So I got something that was actually, they used to let you get early release where you could just leave. See, they should. Yeah, yeah. see, that that was pretty chill. They don't let you do that anymore, though. Different time. That no, was, they I'm older than you, you guys. You I, used to, I used to um, try to, like, not get in trouble so that when I wanted to do something, like, bad, <laughs> yeah. I could kind of do it. Like, I remember uh, Saves a Day in Reverie came out, oh. and the day in Reverie came out, I just left school. Like, with no explanation. And then when they asked me, I didn't even beat around the bush. I was like, yo, me and Mike, I remember it was like Mike Zielinski was the kid's name. Shout out, Mike, whatever you're doing with your life these days. But I was like, yo, I was like, Mike, I need a ride. We got to go to FYE. I got to get this Saves the Day album. And then I came, we came back to school the next day, and they were like, what happened? I was like, and Reverie came out. And they were like, but because my record was like so pretty like good, (laughs) they were just like, I guess like. I don't know, like, stay after yeah. or something. Stay, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, they didn't know what to do because I wasn't, like, a problem child. I was just, like, needed that album. See, I was kind of, like, a nerdy, like, smart kid. Like, so I could probably get away with that more than most people thought, right? I used to come back in late for lunch for, like, AP Physics. They'd be like, where were you? I'm like, Taco Bell. They're like, just get to your seat, mm-hmm. Mr. Fanwara. Like, please move along. Um, so, Cass, I want to ask you a couple questions. Uh, I did listen to the new single, All Eyes. It's, it's excellent. I very much enjoyed Thank it. You. you guys did great work. Appreciate you. Saw her. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I want to start, I want to ask you quickly, so you went to Ariskin, you went to high school there. Yep. Um, did you go to college as well, or did you just go right Nope, in? so I graduated Ariskin mm-hmm. last June. Last June. Yep, so right out of high school, I started um, working on music full-time, mm-hmm. and then... When did you know, though, music was going to be a big part? Like, you, were you performing in high school? Were you performing then, too? Were you I've writing been, music? I've been playing local gigs since mm-hmm. I was 16. Okay. I've been performing out and sitting in um, at gigs since I was 14. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've been kind of just preparing myself, but I kind of really needed school to be over to just sure. put all my energy into sure. it, you know? Uh, the track itself is great, uh, and I, I wanted to say what's interesting about it to me, and I'm, I, I'm you know... The chief can let you know. I go back. I'm a music guy. I grew yeah, up yeah, in the yeah. scene, right? He knows what he's talking about. That's what he's trying to say. For the most part, for a little bit. Um, what I found most fascinating about it is it was kind of hard to pin down like a genre or an influence to it. It's, it's very poppy. It has some sort of R&B vibes to it. Um, right. And there's that hip-hop edge as well to it. So I'm kind of curious, at what like when you go out to make music, what's your primary influence? Like What kind of genre are you aiming for? I kind of... So I have this thing where I want to do everything, and I love singing everything, mm-hmm. and that's what I do with like my gigs and everything, but obviously you can't do that as an artist. So um, I kind of came up with the idea to do, uh, like to probably go in and out of different genres, mm-hmm. but to keep the pop influence there. Mm-hmm. So I'll say it's pop, but then I can use the pop reference to go in and out of R&B or in and out of just like... So you were performing in... 14 and 16 earlier? Yeah, 14, 15, I was sitting in with bands. I sat in with Showtime a few times. Really? Um, Yeah, poor Tim. Just around, like, open mics. Just to get out. Now, um, how did you two initially uh, connect with working together on this track? Just, like, the internet. The internet. internet. (laughs) Isn't the internet great for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and how much, and, and I'm interested in, like, how much, what was the collaboration process like on this track? Like, when you guys were working together, like, did she present this to you, Chief, and you were like, oh, I like this, can I add my thing to it? Or were you involved in the process of, like, the beats and stuff at all as well? Or yeah, um, So she already had the record done before I was on it. Awesome. Um, she wrote it, you know, did the whole, like, did the whole thing. Did the whole... Can I swear in here? With, yeah, I yeah, forget. don't stop. Yeah, I forget. yeah, yeah. Stop. so she did the whole shit on here by herself. <laughs> and... I just don't know how naturally I should speak or how... You nah, know, you like, can speak whatever you want. Um, so she, uh, yeah, she basically like had the whole shit done and then uh, played it for me. And I was like, yo, this is amazing. So uh, then I brought her up to Watertown to Matty C's studio. Oh, nice. Oh, Matty C. Yeah, he's the evil genius, bro. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, we basically how it worked was she was in the studio with Maddie, mm. And the studio is, um, it's like... A full studio thing. So, like, hmm. there's obviously, like, live rooms in the studio, but then there's a kitchen, like, a f- nice. full kitchen. There's a full living room. Oh, nice. um, and typically, like, in my recording process, like, I normally have, like, kung fu, movie, like, kung fu movies, like, <laughs> playing on silent. <laughs> yes. So, yes. like, <laughs> I, I was, when she was in there with Maddie, I was watching on silent uh, The Man with the Iron Fist 2. <laughs> and uh, they started <laughs> they The style. Yeah, they started to play the beat. And it took me like five or ten minutes. I wrote the lyrics. I walked in there, one take, spit it, and then that was it. And then I went back and watched uh, RZA, you know, keep punching people in the face. So it was basically like your normal pop recording session. You know? <laughs> now, I got to ask, um, when I was growing up, I always think, um, especially as a musician growing up, I think about like the timeline of musicians. And for me, I go through like a lot of music that was important to me. Uh, and I'm sort of curious, like, was there a particular, like, album or artist that was, like, a big album in your life that got you into music initially? Cassie, I'll start with you first. Um, honestly, I'm going to be super cheesy, oh, but, yeah, like, okay. the, I mean, the biggest artists that influenced me were always Whitney, yeah. um, Etta James, and then, of course, like, Adele, when Adele did all her oh, stuff. Yeah. I was constantly learning all of the records, like, trying to sing them. I'm glad you said Whitney, because that was actually something that I was going to sort of bring up. Like, it almost reminded me of sort of a, a Whitney-style vibe. Yo, her vibe I've is always, so Whitney. Yeah, I've always yeah. tried to take after her technique, like, all the photos. Mm. Fo- it's ridiculous. Mm. I just got to model yourself after the best, you know? Yeah. <laughs> now, Chief, when I met you initially, we, you were in all sorts of different genres of music. Yeah, still do you but know? for you, like, what was, like, what was your, like, when you got into hip-hop, though, like, what was your big hip-hop album for you that was, like, your big, like, yes? Mace Harlem World. <laughs> big Mace guy? That's Ma- awesome. Yo, Mace Harlem World uh, was, like, <laughs> changed my life, probably. Like, Mace Harlem World had, like, that effect where I was, like, all right, like, I want to be a rapper. Oh, yeah. It wasn't, like, you know, the first rap album I liked or, you know, it wasn't the first, but it was, like, the rap album that probably, like, made me want to rap. You know what I mean? Not really the rap album that made me want to like rap. Sure. Because, like, Jay-Z made me want to like rap. Mm. You know, Jay-Z, who I consider to be the greatest rapper to ever live, dead or alive, in my humble Ooh, opinion. It's a strong take. It's a strong yeah, it's, take. The, it's the right take, too. <laughs> it's the, like, dead or alive, to me, yeah. Jay-Z's the greatest rapper. And it doesn't mean anyone's got to agree with me, obviously, but for me, that's that's my guy. Um, and he made me want to listen to rap music yeah. on a regular basis, but um, Mace probably was the first person that made me want to rap. I don't even think when I heard Jay, I, like was like, I want to be a rapper because I heard Jay-Z. Yeah, yeah. I was like, whoa, because of Jay-Z, you know? I think, but like Mace, you know? Um, the same way, like, um, I think hearing, like, uh, Counting Crows, August and Everything After made me want to, mm. like, write songs. Yes. And, like, Don Henley ended Innocence made me want to write songs. And, like, the first John Cicada album made me want to write songs. <laughs> you know what's weird? I feel like a man out of time sometimes because I was born, like, 86. But a lot of, like, over the last, like, 10 years, a lot of the stuff that I've gone back to to, like, reference has been, like, 
like Steely Dan, yo, like for 70s sure, seventy stuff and weird stuff. And I think a lot of that stuff does come around. You sort of hear that influence come back around. Yeah, as, as well, for me, it was because of my parents because my parents had me when they were relatively young. Yeah, so yeah. like, I didn't find out about bands for nostalgia purposes. I found out about bands that my parents were listening to currently. That's actually a really interesting point. Which is yeah. a different experience because it wasn't like my dad sitting me down and being like, you don't know who the Counting Crows are. Yeah, right. You don't right. know who Dave Matthews Band is. Mm. You don't know who U2 is. You don't know who the Kinks are. You don't know who the Police is. Like, yeah, yeah. no, like, he never even, like, had to show me these bands because you think about it, like, if I was five and he's, like, 24, he's just listening to these bands, like, currently. Mm. Like, he's not listening to them, like, you know, I remember when he brought home U2 records and, like, they were... You know, now, like, a band, like, let's say, like, a U2's got a stigma as being, like, U2. Like, my dad listened to U2, and they were, like, an indie rock band. Like, nope. when they were on their second album, and they were considered, like, cool still, you it's know? It's so weird that you brought that up. I looked up a fact today. Do you know what? On this day in 1987, the number one song in America was With or Without You by U2. Makes total sense. Biggest, on this day, that's weird wraparound. And that's an amazing record. Cassie, can I ask you a question? Since we're sort of talking about this, and I didn't have this written down, but now I'm kind of curious. Did you grow up with, like, music in your life growing up? Like, were your parents into music at all? Or did Absolutely. You... Yeah. My mom, so my mom can sing. She doesn't oh, really sing, but she can sing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. My dad can sing. He actually um, toured around Nashville uh, when I was small. And before I was born, he um, he played with the Allman Brothers Band. He knows Warren oh, Haynes wow. really well. He played oh, with man. Dickie Betts. Uh, just more than I can, like, name right now. But yeah, he did that for probably 17 years. Um, he was in that scene. So um, when he had me, like, we we moved up here, and like his focus has been to like coach me, but not throw me into anything too quickly, but just like help me out, help me perform, stage presence, um, vocal technique. You know, sure. I've never had a vocal coach, but he's basically been my vocal coach. Um, yeah, I have brothers. They're all in bands. It's mm. stuff like that. <laughs> Did you have any of that country background because of those two years before you came here, or was that not really part of what was going on? No, my only country background was really the fact that I had an accent before I sure. moved up here, and now sure. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yo, she said the craziest thing to me yesterday. Mm. Yesterday, she said something about Greg Allman dying. Yeah. And she goes, like, as if it was, like, not a big deal. She was just like, yeah, my dad was talking to Warren Haynes yesterday about it. (laughs) Like, no big deal. (laughs) I was like, wait, what? They're like, no, he's sitting next to me on the couch. He's, like, messaging him. He's like, yeah, I just sent Warren a message. I'm like, wait, like, you just sent Warren a message? He's like, yeah, he answered. I'm like, all right. (laughs) Well, um, through the magic of podcasting, um, by the time people hear this interview, uh, your single will already be released. Where can people go to uh, find a single, download it, buy it, if they want to get it? Anywhere music is available digital, digitally, mm-hmm. so like iTunes, Spotify, um, Apple Music, Google Play, Amazon, awesome. everywhere. And I'll add all the links uh, to this site uh, to uh, for our listeners out there if they want to take a listen to it. I'm also going to play the song at the end of the interview if that's okay. Cool. Oh, you yeah, guys. appreciate awesome. you, Doug. Um, but I have some non sequiturs. Well, actually, let's wait for the non sequiturs. You guys have been all over doing the press tour for the last couple of days. Yeah. Uh, have you been enjoying answering the same questions over and over again? Are you tired by the time you get here to me at the podcasting studio? No, I'm I'm digging <laughs> this. I like it. I, I think like she's like less jaded about it than I am. Oh well, yeah. Well. I, but I think I, that's why I told her. It's funny because I I've been telling her like. Um, I've been giving her, like, the behind-the-scenes spiel about each spot. So, like, today I was like, yo, like, we want to do this one because, like, I actually want to go there. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, no, like, the Unicast is fun. Like, you know what I mean? Well, thanks, man. That's a good Yeah. I'm going to save that for a bumper. Unicast is fun. (laughs) Yeah, it is fun. No, for real, though, it is fun. Uh, so I'm glad you guys uh, stopped in to see us. I know the press tours are always weird, but I always like to give you guys a, a forum here. Uh, and I got a couple non-sequitur questions I want to get into, especially one that I came up with just particularly for you guys, a special non-sequitur. Okay. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go back and forth. We're going to serpentine here for these. Uh, 
I'm going to start with, uh, Chief, I'm going to start with you on this one. For sure. Uh, I'm going to give you a scenario. You're going to come up with your dream lineup to perform with. It can be any artists, dead or alive, two openers, one co-headliner, and where the venue is. Who would you pick? All right. The venue is on the beach in the Grill, Jamaica. <laughs> I love it. I love it already. <laughs> it's uh, Bob Marley and Jay-Z. Yeah. <laughs> As your openers. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Bob Marley and Jay-Z. So it's two openers. Two openers and one co-headliner. <laughs> one co-headliner. Uh, <laughs> all right, so. This is amazing. Okay. It's Bob Marley and Jay-Z for sure. For sure. Uh, okay. Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson <laughs> and you in Jamaica. Yep. I would pay money for that one. <laughs> Cassidy, now that you've, I've given you a minute on this one. All right, so two openers, one co-headliner. Where's the venue? Two openers, Tori Kelly, Ariana Grande, co-headliner, mm. weird, Stevie Wonder. Yes! Um, yes! We're in Florida, dude. We're Florida. in Florida. Mm. I love Florida. Have you got to perform in the city at all since you've been performing? Perform in the city? In New York City, yeah. Nope, not yet. Mm. If you get a chance, I, uh, I got some lucky opportunities and I was down there to play a couple times. I love playing in New York. Crowds are pretty... Dope. They'll let you know what's up in New York. They're not afraid. They're not afraid no. to give you some yeah. word. Uh, we did right. New York on the last tour. It was dope. It's always played fun. Webster Hall. All right, guys, it's time for our non sequitur lightning round. These are the same. Uh, we're not going to do the theme song question because we're already going to play you guys out on your current track. Uh, but these are the same five questions we normally ask everybody else plus one bonus one. Uh, Cassidy, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, Cassidy, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? Uh, with like a little bit of French vanilla. French vanilla. The yeah, French vanilla international vanilla? delight. Mm-hmm. Or black. Chief, how about you? How's your coffee in the black, morning? Black, always. Always black? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually, um, when I was growing up, my grandfather uh, was the first person I ever saw drink coffee. He was the first person I can yes. like consciously know yeah. there was a routine behind coffee. Mm-hmm. And he drank it black. And so I didn't know people drank it with anything until I was like old. Not like till I was like 10, but I was yeah, probably yeah. like 15 and people are like, I'm just like, wait, you put stuff in coffee? Like, that does, like I didn't even, it didn't even, it, and it wasn't like I was judging them. It was like I actually was yeah, confused yeah. as to, like, why they were altering, like, the coffee, you know? But See, I, I was on the flip side of that because my parents, are, so I'm Syrian on one side of my family, and one of the things they would do is after dinner, you meet at the table, you have watermelon and cantaloupe and Syrian cheese, which is basically, like, mild, like, bland string cheese, and you drink coffee. And that was, like, the after-dinner, like, little dessert type thing. And everyone would drink coffee in my family, but I was a little kid, and I was jealous, and they wouldn't let me drink coffee. So my grandmother would make me something she called white coffee, which was basically just milk and sugar with a little <laughs> tiny drop of coffee in it. So my first access to coffee was wow. like, look, I'm drinking milk yeah. and sugar yeah. Now, is Syrian coffee similar to, like, a Turkish coffee or, like, a... Yeah, like, it's, like, you know, like the, the Turkish really good. pots and stuff. It's yeah, very I'll, intense. When I was in South America... Um, in Peru, mm-hmm. the coffee uh, is concentrated right from the bean. Oh, yeah. So there's about this much coffee, not in a cup, in a whole bowl yeah, yeah. that you oh, would then yeah. serve mm-hmm. to, you know, and you would add boiling hot water similar to tea, yes. and then you would make, that's how they create the coffee. And then, of course, what sucks about being in South America is they don't drink it black. They make oh, yeah. the best coffee ever, <laughs> and then they ruin it with, they, they only drink coffee con leche. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And I was there for weeks and weeks, and I could not figure out how to order it black. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because like, I would be like, uh, uh, they'd be like, oh, Americano, Americano. Yeah, like, no, I don't want espresso with water. I want <laughs> yeah. just you to make this coffee just and then not ruin it. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. 
Shout out to the bodega and Bedford and DeKalb that had the good Mexican coffee in the morning. Yo. Uh, all right, so I'm going to stay with you for this one. Uh, what was your first automobile, Chief? Your first automobile? Uh, a Zuzu Rodeo. You had a rodeo? Yeah, a Zuzu Rodeo was my mom's, and then uh, she gave it to me, and then I wrecked it, like, quick. Yep, that, that's what happened. Super me. quick. I uh, I remember I went to Applebee's, had, like, hella homies. I wasn't supposed to drive after nine. Of course. And I had hella homies. In the, like, you know, it probably had, like, five, six seats, and we had, like, eight people in it. And... I'm driving. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I'm speeding. I'm racing the dude next to me. Ran a red light. Bow, smash. You oh. know, the cops. It was funny. My, Dear God. The cop was trying to, like, yell at me. And then he he heard me call my dad. My dad was yelling so much that he stopped yelling at me. It mm. was just like, I'm just waiting for your dad to get here. <laughs> like, it was just like, yo, like, there's nothing I could do to you. Your dad will be more trouble to you than I could possibly be. So I'm just going to let that live. Uh, okay, same question for you. First automobile. My Chevy Malibu right outside. I just bought it Is in it? February. Oh. Yep, I bought it myself. How do you like it in Malibu? I love it. You love it? Yeah, it's 2012. A, 2012. I had a friend who had the hatchback Malibu back in the day, and that was a thing for like 10 minutes. It was all right. <laughs> I had a hatchback. The hatchback? I, I did. I did have one, yeah. Uh, all right, we'll stay with you for this one. Uh, you may or may not have taken your uh, Chevy to this concert, but what was your first live performance? First live performance, Martina McBride. Martina McBride? Yeah. <laughs> Where was that? Stanley. Stanley, how was it? Any good? Do you remember anything about it? Yeah, it was pretty good. I went with my dad and my aunt. It was like the... I'm trying to think of what the big Martina McBride song was. There's many. She had hits, but I'm trying to think. There's one particular I'm trying to think. This one's for the girls. Is that her? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Chief, what about you? Independence Day was my jam. Independence Day. Independence Day and Martina McBride. That should go. without singing it, and then we were like, what what the hell is she doing? And then she came back and she sang it Independence Day. So we're like, okay. On car. That was a tough video when I was younger. Mm. It's all about domestic abuse. Yeah. Like he's beating him up, and I'm and at this point oh, I'm like yeah. ten, and I'm just like, why is he beating her up? Like I, I remember that I was like, yeah, so it was pretty heavy. What was your first concert? Don McLean, Stanley. Don McLean, really? Yeah, I saw American oh, Pie, man. at the Stanley. It was the first. I was I was little, and I remember. But again, like, I was so aware. Yeah. I was so aware of music. Like sure. when I was, it it wasn't um, like I didn't passively listen to music i've always actively listened to music since i was little so i knew like the don mclean album like i my parents had it and so i learned it i'm like five and i learned every word and i went and i knew like it's it crazy and i can still remember it right now uh stick with you for this one uh give me one book album movie or television show you are currently reading listening to or watching um i'm Reading, I'm rewatching Peaky Blinders for like the second okay. time because uh, it's like the best show I've ever seen on television. Um, I'm reading the Encyclopedia of Whiskey because oh, I'm a nice. giant whiskey, like a giant whiskey head. Oh. Um, I saw you put the whiskey. I didn't even know that. We can was discuss, we'll discuss I, that in a minute. Yeah, yeah I was a giant whiskey head. Uh, books. Um, also, I, I always kind of have James Joyce books like kind mm-hmm. of around. Yeah, Not yeah. even so much for like full on reads, but for like aesthetic purposes, sure. like to pop in oh, and yeah. out of like, just mm-hmm. to pop in and out of stuff. Oh yeah. Um, Makes sense. And movies, uh, actually, I chilled with my parents today, and we watched the new Jason Bourne movie. Yeah, I like Jason Bourne. Which is awesome, you know? I like a movie I don't have to pay too much attention to. Well, that's the thing, yeah. Like, Jason Bourne was like, you know, I I, I love James Bond, right? Mm -hmm. James Bond's like, I love James Bond movies, and people are always like, oh, they're not that good. I'm like, I'm not trying to say James Bond movies are the greatest victory of cinematography ever. They're just really fun movies, and I love them, you know? I'm like, you're talking to a guy who watches, like, Mystery Science Theater and, like, bad movies on purpose. Yeah. If there's a movie that's a hot piece of garbage, I've probably seen it. (laughs) Like, I'm a big fan of a crap movie. Although, lately, and what's funny about the James Bond series is you would think it gets, like, worse, but it gets better to the point where Skyfall is just one of the best movies I've ever seen. Skyfall... 
outside of being a James Bond movie, is a phenomenal movie. Agreed. Uh, same question for you, Cassidy. Give me one book, album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. I have two books I'm always rereading, and sure. that's um, 13 Reasons Why. And, oh. Um, yeah, I read that book mm. a couple years ago for the show or anything. I'm always rereading that and looking for Alaska by John Green. I know it's a John Green book, but it's amazing. No, you know what? I'm a huge Liverpool soccer fan. You can't tell because I'm wearing the hat that says Liverpool. John Green is a notorious Liverpool fan on Twitter, so I've actually oh. shared tweets with him oh. about Liverpool. Not about books, but only like, <laughs> is it Liverpool great? And he'll just like, I'm like, yeah, great. That's awesome. Uh, and I will stay with you for our... Or what album are you listening to? We should do that. What album am yeah. I listening yeah. to? Like what? Like what CD? Like, so what's in your car right now? To? If I go into the Chevy Nova, what's blaring on the stereo right now? Um, I have my brother's band CD in there right now. Oh, who's your brother's band? Cheap Pop. Give me, give him a plug. He uh, <laughs> shout out, uh, shout out Lord Electrodes. Uh, he was in a band called Timber Coup. He was in a band called Groove Stick. He's mm. got a lot of stuff going nice. on, but basically they're like jam bands, um, like clubby type stuff. It's really cool. They're in the scene out in Albany and Saratoga. Uh, and Cass, I'm going to stay with you for this last question. Uh, besides uh, performing and creating music uh, and being a part of a vibrant music scene, give me one more thing that you are passionate about. One more thing I'm passionate about? Yeah. Does writing have too much to do with music? No, that's fine. You like you write like fiction or you write short stories or things like that as well? Um, basically, I just write words. They either end mm. up into songs or sure. just stay in there. You're a poetry writer at all or for the yeah. most part? Yeah. Yep. Poetry was the one writing fast. I took creative writing in... in college and uh, i loved it but poetry was the one thing that for some reason i had a hard time grasping i'm like a like a word vomit guy i need to get all of my words out all at once and having to condense it down into like this minimalistic form was always tough for me i've had to do that that. i've had to do that so much with just writing pop music like in general and like Mm -hmm. having to write that like genre uh-huh. It's like you have so much to say, and I've been trying to condition myself to write like that, like from the you beginning. I, I hate to, to uh, I want to add on just for a second, because I'm kind of curious. Growing up when I was doing the punk band stuff and the rock band stuff, uh, I always, I felt that I was always doing it backwards, because I would tend, we would tend to write music first, and I would just sort of sing whatever over it, and it wasn't until later on that I would add actual lyrics to it. But from the way you're implying, you tend to have lyrics on hand all the time. I constantly have lyrics on hand. It's okay. just a matter of whether, like, when I want to write a song, it's a matter of whether um, a lyric comes to my sure. head or a melody comes to my head or a hook comes to my head. It happens random times during the day. I'm at work, can't yeah. use my phone, so I have to, like, keep it in my head. Of course. That's how it always goes, isn't it? Yep. Uh, but it's very random. Wonderful. wonderful. It's awesome, though. Uh, and Chief, for you as well, give me one more thing that you, sir, are passionate about. One thing I'm passionate about, which is, like, what she should have said, because she's copping out with writing. <laughs> Cats. What? Cats. Oh, you cat oh, people. I love cats. Oh, See, cat I said like when I, I was like I was like I hope she says cats. We have a we have a house cat who floats around the the studio here. I'll see if I can find him after we're done. Here's a good cat. Ooh, yay. His name's Charles. So, yeah, she will be her best friend. <laughs> yeah, Charles. He's a street cat who also lives around here. He's a good guy. Good Aww. guy, Charles. Basketball. Charles. Yeah, that's right. You're a big basketball guy. Uh, I mean, fine. I'll start this Thursday. Yeah. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Mm, you you want to know what the sad part is? Hmm. In 2017, the way like basketball is and the way the NBA is, hmm. I just don't care. You a Knicks fan? Yeah, diehard. Yeah. yeah. I'm, and you know what sucks is yeah. that like normally when I answer that question, like like we're not talking about sports, so like it's not really in context. But most of the time when people are talking to me about sports and then they say, like, yo, who you want, like, what do you think about the playoffs this year? What do you think about the finals? I'll go, I'm rooting for the Knicks. The and then there's always an awkward silence and they're just like, Yeah, they're not in it. I go, Cool, that's who I'm rooting for. Like I like I still don't 
I'm not going to pretend to give a shit about either of those teams sure. that I haven't cared about all year just yeah. because they're the only two left. I feel like uh, I'm sort of interested because it's the three peat. Because right. It's the, like, no, that, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure. Right, right, right. Although I don't, I don't hate LeBron as much as LeBron haters hate LeBron. I don't I? I, I, I actually yeah. don't hate um, any of them. I just hate no. that. Um, and the, I'm a big KD basketball guy. is the most rigged sport in the history of sports. I'm it's the most easily guy, manipulative. So how dare you? And so it just sucks because it's just like, ugh, like. I'm going to have to watch it, like, and I can barely, like, be a fan of it because I'm just going to be thinking about, like, the other pieces in play here, mm. you know, like, and I'm not even, like, some weird conspiracy theorist, I'm just, like, a fucking adult, so I, like, stop pretending that it's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, stop pretending that this multi-billion dollar business is not being controlled by somebody, you know? Uh, Cass, Chief, it's a real pleasure to have you guys uh, in the studio today. I want to thank you guys for taking the time on thank this you. sort of dreary, rainy Memorial Day to come out. Uh, we are going to play you guys out on the track. It is All Eyes uh, by Cassidy featuring Apache Chief. And as she mentioned, you can get it uh, Apple, was it iTunes? It's not, they call it Apple Podcasts for <laughs> us now, so I don't know if it's the same anymore for what they released. Where, where can you find the music? One Apple Music, iTunes, yeah. Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, um, Everywhere, everywhere. Mm. Blessing out your favorite girls' radio. Blessing out your favorite radio station. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Go get it. Saying. Everywhere. All eyes. Get it, you know what I'm saying? All eyes. Hashtag, let's go. Hashtag, all eyes. Hashtag, let's go. <laughs> I don't want nobody. Just want your loving, baby. You got me feeling godly. You're the one who saved me And I don't want to fight it We have our ups and downs And I feel so excited Whenever you're around You might be the one for me And I'm ready to take that chance with you so
Bad girl, yeah, she's super fine. Putting kisses on her navel in the morning time. Dimples on her back, fingers on her lower spine. We ain't even got a label, she just knows she mine. Every eye upon her, every time she hit the room. But I'm the only one she needed, baby, here's the proof. I could either call the Uber, we could grab the coupe. Let's take this party out of here, there's only room for two. And that was the new track, All Eyes, by Cassidy, featuring Apache Chief. And thanks, guys, for stopping by, getting us ready for the Super Jam of the Summer. What do you, what do you call the Upstate New York Song of the Summer, is what he was calling it. There you go. Um, all right, so because I know you guys don't love the history lessons as much. I do, I've got extra. i got extra, no. <laughs> uh, so today, for Memorial Day, uh, I gave you a couple facts about Memorial Day. So here's just a few historical facts about Memorial Day. Can I do one quick Memorial Day fact? Sure. Here's a fact. Uh-huh. If it's Memorial Day and you're going to write a post on Facebook, you also have the time to write your congressman and tell them to take better care of veterans in this country. Mm-hmm. I will say it every year for Veterans Day and for Memorial Day. If you can post a status, you can send an email to your congressperson. Go ahead with your history. No, that's good. Uh, Memorial Day was initially... Nice. It was good. Uh, it was initially celebrated... Not celebrated. It was initially uh, observed following the Civil War. A lot of this was... Uh, certainly it was meant initially to honor men and women who served uh, the U.S. military during the Civil War. It didn't expand until, to veterans of all wars until 1971. Uh, it was initially called Decoration Day. Uh, a lot of the reason it existed was because following the Civil War, uh, they had to build these huge, huge, massive national cemeteries for the first time. Uh, so this day was set aside for people to honor the uh, the memories of those they lost, and of course, uh, you know, go to celebrate at the cemeteries or observe at the cemeteries and things like that. Uh, traditionally, people celebrate with obviously uh, they go to cemeteries, and my mom does every year. She goes up and plants flowers at my grandfather's gravestone. Uh, cookouts very common, and of course, uh, Memorial Day parade, which I think happened today. Yeah, they canceled. The they canceled like, one. Yeah, because the rain. Yeah, it's been crummy out for the last two days. So, <laughs> um, all right. So, it, I do have a couple history lessons. I want to try something different with you guys today. All right. So I looked up uh, the top song on the Billboard charts. On this day, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago. Okay? Okay. So you guys ready? You guys ready for this one? We're supposed to guess, or are you just telling us? Well, I'll give you I'll, I'll give uh, you an option to guess, right? Okay. Nah, I think it's going to be tough, because how do you know when something came out? I'll limit it down to... Uh, just tell me what they yeah, 1987. With or Without You by U2. It was the number one song in America. There you go. 1997. It was Mbop. By hands. Right. <laughs> so we're trajecting downward in this case? Is that a downward Nothing. trajectory? So far, yeah. So we're downward trajectory. And 10 years ago today, the number one song in the country was something called <clears throat> Buy You a Drink, Shoddy Snapping by T Pain, featuring Young Jock. Are you familiar with this one? <laughs> what? Not necessarily. No, if I know. You played it, I probably. I know what a lot of those things are, but it sounds like a word jumble where the words <laughs> aren't in the right order. No. Man, remember Young Jock? I forgot about that guy. I did not remember about Young Jock. 
You know what's funny? 2007 is 10 years ago, but it doesn't seem that long no, ago to me. No, I feel like it was like two years yeah, ago. Yeah, it does seem very... I'm trying to hear like 2000. I'm like, oh, it's not too long ago. <laughs> Uh, two more quick ones. On this day, 1971, the Mariner 9 unmanned space probe was launched. It was the first uh, unmanned space probe sent out to gather information on Mars. Uh, it circled Mars for almost a year, sending back 7,000 photos and being the first time we've ever photographed the entire planet of Mars. You've seen any of these photos of Jupiter coming from oh, the newest probe awesome that we've got looking. out there? These HD mm-hmm, photos of yet. Jupiter? Holy it's hell, awesome dude, get on the looking. internet. It's crazy. It's beautiful, actually. It's Big beautiful. fan of Jupiter. Yeah, yeah. Well, then you need to get on. Yeah, there. as a, I'm also a big Jupiter guy. I like <laughs> Jupiter, just the gas giant in the center of our solar system. Not the center, but you know what I mean. Um, these pictures are crazy. Yeah. Well, they're beautiful. If you're a space actually. person, I love space pictures and this sort of pictures of space. NASA does like space picture, like space photo of the day. If they you do go to their indeed. website. Well, yeah, it's pretty. That should good. be like for the year. It's beautiful. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and again, not in order today. On this day in 1806, uh, future President Andrew Jackson killed Charles Dickinson in a duel. After Dickinson printed, quote, libelous comments about Jackson and his uh, butcherous action shown during the Revolution. I got really confused for a minute yes, because I, I heard thought... Charles Dickinson, and yeah. I, like at first my brain registered Charles Dickens. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I no. never knew that's how I he died. <laughs> the duel, though. That timeline doesn't make any that's sense. That's funny here, duel. Duel is a weird concept. Yeah. Like, the, I read a little backstory on this. It was basically uh, Dickinson's wife was offended by what he wrote, and he went out to the duel to defend her honor. Knowing that he might have to kill this man, so, dueling. <laughs> what a weird concept. Yeah, Andrew Jackson was a wild man. Yeah. Of all the presidents over the years, I, I had my Lincoln fascination, I had my JFK period. The Andrew Jackson uh, presidency is fascinating. <laughs> He's a fascinating guy. Uh, all right, so let's get into some less politically based stories this week. Yay, hooray. Hey, something, yeah, all right. Something. something to sink our teeth <laughs> yeah. into. This is a fun show, for God's sakes. <laughs> I know, it doesn't feel like it sometimes, does it? Episode 101, here to bring you down. <laughs> Very sad. Uh, look, I can't change the world. When I look on the internet and it's full of crap and the news is all full it's of crap, hard. I'm trying. I'm trying real hard to not bring us down in the doldrums. Maybe we can talk about Tiger Woods DUI today. Will that bring us? On? Tiger got a DWI? Yeah, DUI. Tiger DUI. Oh, whatever, man. But they, didn't, they said suspicious, or like. They didn't verify it. That it was they didn't verify it. Yeah. There's a pretty rough-looking mugshot of him on the internet today, yeah. though. He doesn't look great in it. Tiger doesn't look great in 10 years. Um, You know what's crazy to me is how the hell do you, do you let that happen to you if you're Tiger Woods? How many people are stars that happen? Well, not not even... To pay to it's just crazy to me. Like, I used to work around here. Uh, I would do jobs for a guy, local guy... Tons and tons and tons of money. If I said the name, you would know. You know what I mean? Worth, like, mm. tens and tens of millions of dollars. And he would hire me and a friend of mine... Um, whoever had the night available, and he'd pay us a pretty agreeable rate, nothing crazy, per hour to just be his driver. And you just basically act as a DD, and you have the car, and you're there, but you take their personal vehicle, and you just drive them around. And it's not really a chauffeur, like they sit in the front, but you're just paid to be sober and hang yeah, out and have money. the car. And that guy's got, even though you know he's worth tens of millions of dollars, he's got way less money than Tiger Woods. Like, How do you not have somebody available to drive you you could pay a busboy at the bar that you're at and he'd drive you home for you know money that know, is ne- pocket change it never makes you. sense to me when um people who are famous get dwis it's crazy no. I, i'm just like i don't understand like you have do you have a driver someone that can come pick you up? I of course i suppose if you're somebody like that after a while you probably lose touch with like reality yeah like you're untu- bit, you know what i mean they think they're untouchable. you got that little bit of untouchable mm-hmm. thing and everybody's That's been at that point. point where you know because you get pulled over for a dui he that might have just been you know 
two glasses of wine with dinner and mm-hmm. a beer, and that's DUI. So, yeah. I mean, I don't really know what he blew or anything, but even still, like, if you're Tiger Woods, just hire a guy to be your driver. My one note on this was all caps, hire somebody. So you guys you ah. guys hit it right on the head. And Tiger, I feel like you've already gotten in trouble for some nonsense when you were being lazy. Like the, And I'm not saying what he did was right or wrong. I'm saying he didn't have to get caught for the stuff he did. Yeah. He could have just used his money to get out of these situations and didn't do it either way. Man, I feel like at this point in his life, if I, was, if I was Tiger Woods, you'd never see me again. Yeah, he needs mm. to go never see me again. Mm. Uh, he has not won a tournament since 2013. has not won a major since 2008. I bet you he never wins... No. Neither, either one of them again. That's Probably my not, man. Hot take. Uh, from athletes who are going downhill to some athletes who are making news in a different way, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. You guys like Aaron Rodgers? Familiar with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, quarterback yeah. for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, got it, got it. Mm-hmm. Married to Olivia Munn. All right. Oh, they're divorced. They, they get divorced? Up. Oh, they broke up. up. I know they're separated Ooh. right now. I know that part. That's all I got. That's pretty good. That's all I got. <laughs> she seems like a robot whenever I see her on TV. I think she might be an android. Possibly. All right, so... Um, this has been Aaron Rodgers continued a trend that started earlier uh, this month when he um, he was tweeted at by a student. Okay, uh, he has an active Twitter handle, uh, Aaron Rodgers twelve. Uh, a student named Peyton Meyer uh, from Jack uh, from Janesville, Wisconsin, uh, pleaded with Aaron Rodgers via Twitter uh, to retweet a picture of his sports literature class, which would allow him and his classmates to skip their final exam. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, our teacher agreed to not give us a final of sports. If you retweet this, please retweet it. She's your biggest fan. That was the tweet. Within half an hour, Rodgers responds by tweeting, I'm sure a sports lit final is very important, but here you go. Hashtag pay it forward Friday. So he retweets it, and they cancel the final from the sports list. That's awesome, though. This is a crazy story. As a guy who's a teacher, I have mm, questions about it. Yeah. Uh, But apparently this is not the first time this has happened. Uh, The student credited... uh, Try to get in the idea from Kobe Bryant, who had already done this earlier in the year. Uh, so Kobe Bryant, same thing happened. Uh, someone tweeted at Kobe Bryant saying, please, if you retweet this, we do not have to take our final. Uh, this was actually for a different course. I think this was like a math course, <laughs> which seems like less of something yeah. that you can get away with. What are your thoughts on athletes retweeting so you can get out of final exams? I love it. I think it's, if, if you can get that response from an athlete, I think it's kind of cool. I want. I mean, you're a teacher, but if I feel like if it's a final that the teacher feels like if something that's going to happen, it's not going to be a major impact on. <laughs> Kobe's retweet was just hope you have an A in this class. Oh, no hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> Kobe's the best. Um, did you see? Uh, it was a couple weeks ago. I don't know if she's still doing it, but Nicki Minaj is out there paying off people's student loans. Yo, I did. Who see hit that. her up on Twitter? Like different people. Yeah, with different I need to hit her up. Fees or fines or loans. She's just like DM me your info. I'll pay off whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's that's wild. I feel like if I had all that kind of money and I was a celebrity, I would love doing things like that mm-hmm. for people with Twitter. And it's probably it's easier said than done because when you're getting you know. 400,000 mentions every day it's impossible to slog through them all but like definitely like paying it forward and having all that money like I like to think that I'm pretty generous now and I don't really have money but like I'll always you know donate or help out where I can or do whatever I can I would love to be in a position of a celebrity where I've got 100 million dollars I could go literally change people's lives because if you've got you know Nicki Minaj's money Kobe Bryant's money certainly you know paying off somebody's $40,000 school loan is really kind of a drop in the bucket to you, but for somebody like that to take a $40,000 loan off somebody's shoulders, I mean, yeah. any one of us, anybody that we know, yeah. any one of our friends, that's life-changing. What I think is crazy is because what happens, I think, is once you get successful to a certain extent, this is probably not correct all the way across the board, obviously, it's a broad generalization. I seem like the people who seem to be the most sympathetic of people who don't have money are other people who don't have money, right? Like, once you start to, like, get money and 
make all that money and struggle really hard for it, you you tend to not want to give it up as much. It seems like. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I had, Although, like, I I always think about my my very close friend from New York, Aaron, who I would uh, we would go out and she was never had a ton of money. Neither neither of us did. It was New York City. But she would get, like, effectively upset seeing, like, a homeless person on the subway. She's like, I wish I could give them something. I'm like, you have nothing for yourself. You got shit with you. Why, <laughs> why do you think that you should be giving money to anybody? It's a good way to be, though. Right. And then it's, like, a shame that, like, that sort of empathy doesn't translate across to people who maybe could do something Yeah, I mean, all, all sorts of different kinds of people. And I think when you see it coming from, you know, some of these different athletes or public figures and stuff, you'll notice some of the most giving charitable ones are the people who came from damn near nothing you know what i mean like chance the rapper last year gave i think a million dollars to whatever school he went to Mm -hmm. for their music program yes you know because he came from nothing you know and that's why you don't see it coming from these people that were born rich raised rich these people give nothing because they have no idea they they don't under i mean you even see it the way that like politicians talk about you saw some guys coming out and they're talking about healthcare bill it's like oh well if you want to afford health insurance maybe you can't get that new iphone yeah. It's like that's not the way the world works. Yeah. Like people, a lot of people have no idea what it's like to, to struggle. Yep. A lot of people have no idea, but the people who do know that are the ones who are most conscious of helping out the people they can, it seems like. Mm. Uh, so here's a crazy story. This is from Dubai. You guys like this one? Uh, 25% of the police force in Dubai are hoping to be replaced by robots by the year 2030. What are your thoughts about the 25% robotic police force they want in Dubai? Uh, I got two thoughts. <laughs> Number one, I get a kick out of the sentence these guys are hoping. Like, Jesus, I hope I get replaced by a robot. This is I exhausting. Know, I know. Don't they want to work? It was 110 degrees today. Um, <laughs> and also, I feel like robot cops is just one step closer to, you know, Skynet becoming self-aware and the Terminator scenario yes. playing out for everybody. I, I know it's coming, but I'm not ready for armed robot no, police I'm not ready, just yet. You no, know, because I can't get out of the ticket probably as easy. No, you I can't. Would, you know, talk my way or be emotional. They're not going to just, they're just going to hand it to me and I'm done. I'll give you a, 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 a small, slight example of this. I went into a bank last week. I won't say which bank. But they don't have tellers anymore. Like, you don't walk in and there's people standing behind a thing. They're in, like, a different room and they're talking to you through a video, right? Mm-hmm. And you'd think it's exactly the same, right? It's just you're still talking to the person in real time. But somehow, when you're not in, like, physical space with that person, it's much easier to feel super disconnected from it and awkward. Wait, this was in the bank? What bank? In the bank. Yeah, there's no, like... Because I've seen it at the drive-thrus where they've got the video yeah, screen, but, like, but in the bank. In the bank. Probably makes it harder to rob. Makes it harder to rob, certainly. But what threw me off was, like, I was talking to her about something, and she goes... And so, I, you know, I'm sending stuff through, and she goes, wait a minute, I'll just come out there. And then she just comes out the door. I'm like, ah, you are yeah, here. Yeah. I didn't know if you were, like, from somewhere else. The wizard comes right out from behind the curtain. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it just, like, it was... There was a weird disconnect about having... Even though it was a real person on the screen... There was a weird disconnect about doing business with somebody through a digital medium. I can't imagine how uncomfortable I would be trying to negotiate with a robot cop. Well, I actually didn't mean to go through the red light, or I wasn't on my phone, but no. And it's scary. I don't trust anything like with a gun that's a robot yet. It's like, sir, I, I didn't mean to jaywalk. It's like, dead or alive, you're coming with me. It's like, oh, God, all right, fine. Um, all right, so here we go. we got one more for This is actually a little more upbeat for the most part. Uh, there's a new ride that opened in Disneyland, California today, uh, or earlier this week. It was the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Oh, you must have bought a plane ticket. I'd like to go to the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. I just want you guys to take a guess at how long the lines were in hours for the wait for the opening day of the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Four hours. Four hours? I'm going to go with seven. 
We have a winner. Seven hours on the dot. Seven hours from the time. The lines apparently wrapped throughout the entire park. They had this huge serpentine line that wrapped all the way around. If you got the fast pass, though, it was only five hours. So that's kind of a nice... I can't think of almost anything I would wait seven hours no, for. No. <laughs> What's I the longest that. you've ever waited for a ride? Two hours, maybe. You waited two hours like for a ride? Jerry and Lake used to have, like, when I used to go there. I think it was yes. like an hour. You, it would, they say it would be like an hour to two hour wait. But I don't think it ever really was that long. I feel like when I was a kid, I went to Disney World and we did Space Mountain. And that was like an hour and a half. Yeah. Like some insi- But, like, when you're on a Disney ride, the, the hour-long wait isn't so bad because Disney makes the wait for the ride to seem like it's part of the attraction. Yeah. For the yeah, most yeah. part. Like, when you're going through Space Mountain, it's all like you're going through space tunnels. Yeah. It's less boring than Bush Gardens, right? No, I truly, I can't think of anything. I mean, I'm not even talking about rides. There's not a ride in the world I'd wait seven hours for. No. I can't think of almost anything I'd wait seven no. hours for. Like, maybe not even front, front row tickets to my favorite band maybe if, if I, I would... also got to go up and play a couple songs. Like, even just that. Maybe. <laughs> all right, so, Heather, I'm going to press you on two things. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. And I'm going to press you on two things that I saw on your internet feed this week and one of them stressed me out and one of them stressed you out so let's talk about the one that stressed you out this week uh there's a measles uh, epidemic or exposure in herkimer county this week yep. um i don't have kids so i don't know much about the anti-vaccination movement i tried to read a little bit about this you have a child yeah so what are your thoughts on this why did well, this make you so upset i'm so angry because it, it was just there was a mumps one in syracuse mm-hmm. just recently because it's so preventable and it, it is it's so preventable and it bothers me because when did facts become I'm not good enough for people anymore you know like that you're not going your your kid is not going to get autism they haven't proven anything of that and yeah. it's very frustrating to me because if my son has gotten sick because of somebody mm-hmm. that I, I i don't know i just feel like it would it would really upset me that you know it, yeah. it makes me mad when you, you yeah. don't you're going to and there was a point when people would cheer in the streets that we had vac- vaccines for all these diseases mm-hmm. and now people are going back and reading all this stuff and believing all this stuff and they're not vaccinating their kids. It doesn't make any sense to me. I read a really interesting um, something somewhere not too long ago. I don't remember where I found it, but and this goes to larger things, but I think this like plays into it. And they were talking about the concept of half of the reason that, you know, because there's so many different things, you know, you're talking about like people's ignorance being as good as facts and, you know, facts not being good enough for people. They were talking about in a broad scope, half the reason you see so much backward stuff going on right now that you just can't wrap your head around mm-hmm. is because... People have, we've been, you know, coddled for so long in this country. Life has been so damn good for so long, even for a lot of the lowest of us, you know, comparatively to the struggles we've had as, you know, a species for all the thousand years before that. Very true. Things have gotten so good that everybody's forgotten what it was like when things were horrible. Like, people have forgotten because the memory, the, the collective societal memory is not there anymore when people used to die from these things that we have vaccines for now. Nobody is really alive who remembers the horrors of polio yeah, or remember toddlers. Right, right, you. But like, there's still enough of the people in the subset of the population who start to skew off and be like, "Well, this isn't a big deal. Who the hell cares? Nobody gets measles anyway. Well, why do you think nobody gets measles? Because yeah. we vaccinate you idiots." Yeah, if you even watch the the KTV one, there was a woman on there. Well, people just need to wash their hands more. And I'm like, are you kidding? How are you gonna wash like 17 toddlers running around at a daycare place? Listen, we need to wash our hands less because we're not building up enough dirt to get our bodies used to the dirt. Your immune too system. Clean. Immune system. Gotta, you should be rolling around in mud every day. And I'll send facts to people. I will literally send a website to people and have them read it. And they still come back with like, 
just oh yeah it's just not it's not you're more adventurous than me i'm never posting anything that's like even close to getting some sort of reaction i don't usually do my husband does that he's the your husband seems very yes yes he is when it comes to me i don't i used to be you learn at a certain point that who's got the energy to argue these ideas you're not going to change anybody's mind you're you're just doing it for yourself you're not doing it to change anybody's that's this one thing because that can affect my son's life and and, yeah for sure I don't want him to ever have to suffer because some mom's ignorant. Because some mom's yoga teacher told him that vaccines cause yeah. autism. Oh, so. he does this? Oh, gosh, I can't do this. Yeah. You know, or, well, your kid can't go to school, so in New York State... Well, I saw this article to... on Facebook, do your research, do your research. Mm-hmm. That's what these people say. They yeah. say, do your research. It's it. the worst. Here you go. <laughs> uh, so you also posted something that got me triggered, uh, but this is just more me being the oh, nerd geez. that I am. Uh, you tagged me on a video of a woman trying to explain what a fossil was incorrectly oh, yeah. and how dinosaurs oh, are not have real. Have you seen that, Kevin? I haven't. Oh, it's terrible. You have to watch it. So what she was basically doing was not understanding what a fossil was and trying to explain that a fossil is not a bone and that because a fossil is not a bone, that disproves the idea that dinosaurs existed, right? Nice. Yeah, oh, you got it. This <laughs> nice. will blow your mind. Yeah, so first off, if you don't know what a fossil is, a fossil is basically the imprint of a bone that's been uh, filled in with uh, sediment and limestone over the years. It's an imprint of a bone that yes. was once there. Like an actual imprint. But it's there. It was actually really yeah. there. It's not like, oh, this is this is a scam. Yeah. Like the liberals buried all these dinosaur yeah. bones in the desert 60 years ago. Um, and then her other argument was she took like a piece of, I don't even know what it was. Like, like um, uh, drywall. Like drywall. And crumbled up and she's like, it's basically like, here's all this, put it back yeah, together. Yeah, put it back together. And all that's right. what, <laughs> like, that's not what paleontologists do. Yeah, and she's like, Wrong. Paleo- and paleontologists, they're going to create because they have a deadline, and if they want the money, then they're <laughs> going to make us such and such happen. That's one of my favorite things these people say. Like, what do you, th- paleontologists aren't getting they're paid. Like, hey, no money. These people who work in, it's the same thing with people like, oh, well, climate change is a hoax because these scientists want that sweet, sweet climate money. What? <laughs> 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 these people are living in vans. Well, and the, these so people, like, these people have never known somebody who makes a career in academic research. I have a friend who his career, he's a he's a historian. He does like historical research, and that's what he quote unquote gets paid to do. He makes almost nothing. He's destitute. You know what I mean? He's got two master's degrees, and he's oh. working on his doctorate, and he's destitute. These people aren't getting money. It's the same thing. Like the people who make the vaccines aren't getting all this money for the vaccines, and everybody just uh, oh, yeah, right. We could go all I day. I quit. On it. I'm but done. She, so I want. I never wanted to slap somebody through a video before oh my until God. I. Heard her. What bothers me about these people is they tend to be particularly smug about stuff. <laughs> it's like this is a really easy smug argument for people because they just like spit it out. Like, very, yeah, yeah, yeah. very few people press my buttons more than people who are smug about their ignorance. Yeah, like, you have to watch this. You'll, you'll want to. You'll drive me crazy. Uh, I, you have to. Uh, so let me ask you guys before we close out. We've talked about. Uh, we've talked about the dinosaurs not real. We've talked do about fossils th- cause autism. Do <laughs> fossils cause autism? That's true. Uh, have we? We've talked about flat Earth before. Which is more outrageous to you? The Flat Earth or the dinosaurs not being real? The flat, the flat Earth. Earth. I mean, we have the flat pictures. Earth. We have orbit Earth. I, I don't. Hundred percent the flat Earth. I've never, I've never found a dinosaur bone myself. I've never <laughs> seen a dinosaur. Yeah. I get it. It's true. I, mean, um, I know that they do, it, but yeah, the Earth. Dinosaurs are less easily provable. We we are extrapolating on very old things that we find sure. and using our current through the prism of our current knowledge to mm. try to reverse engineer how it was, what it worked. And even that, that's complete, that's settled science, like, that's all, that's all real, too, I'm not saying that's yeah, not real, right, right, right. but, like, flat earth is something you can go out and prove with, like, some binoculars and a high vantage <laughs> point, like, flat earth, you can go figure that stuff out for yourself. I actually am starting to believe that the flat earth thing is one big, like, 
internet troll job. Like, f- nobody believes it, but they're just trolling so, everyone. Just so what some people believe, slightly more sinisterly, is that the reason this flat earth thing is getting pushed so hard is to discredit anybody who's into any kind of conspiracy. So they're basically saying, because the term conspiracy mm. theorist has always been known to sort of brush people off, it's like, oh, these people are nuts, yeah, flat earth people, like... And so then, but then the stuff that's a little bit more realistic that might make a little bit more sense, they just can lump you in with conspiracy theorists and nobody pays attention. That's what some of these people think. Yeah, they think that basically flat earthers are a false flag. Uh, Speaking of conspiracy theories, before we close up for the day, this isn't even on the notes, but I was going to bring it up just because it's interesting. Today would have been John F. Kennedy's 100th right, birthday. Yes, I read that. 100. Can you believe that? I still today. think he, I look at him like he would be just like 70 right now. You know what's funny about that, too? Ironically, I just saw a report today, which also is not in my notes, but I was going to bring it up. Do you know that uh, they're saying that if human life expectancy gets to 100, that the new retirement age is going to be 70? No. Are you ready to work till 70? No. Yo, did you see that? No. Did you see that? No, I don't want to work until 32. Did you see that maniac, the guy, he just won the seat in Montana for the House of Representatives. Wait, body slammed oh. him. The guy, yeah, he chokeslammed the reporter. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and that's okay now because we can just chokeslam reporters, whatever, because we live in a dystopian nightmare fever dream. Everything. Yeah, he did all sorts of stuff to him. Um, but that guy, I think it was the same guy who had been out there saying in the campaign trail, he's like, you know, you look at this whole concept of retirement. Retirement's not biblical. Nothing in the Bible about retirement. You should be working. He's like, I mean, Noah was, what, 600 years old and he built the ark for the flood? He was never talking about retirement. It's anti-biblical and anti-Christian to expect to be able to retire. And I'm just like, you, and this guy's a multi-multi-millionaire, mind you. I'm like, you scumbags. Yeah, you (laughs) You can just hand your family a little retirement bundle and they can live Small loan of a million dollars. Can't handle. It's like a small loan of 250 bucks and like a gift card to someplace that sells coffee. (laughs) Like, there you fine. go. <laughs> Every week I, I keep hoping that it's going to be the week that this all turns around for the positive, but I just think that by next week, come around, we'll be digging deeper into the crap hole. It's going to keep going you, farther down. You know down. what's funny, too, is we really don't even dig that no, deep in anything. We barely, dig. like, we glance no. over each one of these news say, stories mm-hmm. we talked about, we can do two hours on. Yes. Yes. We so barely we dig in, and it seems awful. It's true. There's so much stuff. We didn't even get into the Wonder Woman thing, which I guess we could talk about if you guys want to. We can save it for next week, though, because we're already at, like, 26 minutes. I think it's fake outrage. Fake outrage? I know what you're talking about. I don't think anybody's actually upset about it. You think someone's just making? I just think yeah. I think the news is just saying people are very upset. It's like one guy on Twitter said some shit. I I do think though that there is, and I won't go too far into this because this is again something we'll get too far into. But I do think there is this weird sort of like anything that has to do with women, you're going to get a subset of just angry men who hate women on the internet who like to comment. Like uh, I want to say, was Mark Maron was talking about how like he'll have a guy on his podcast, a controversial guy, and get no comments, but he'll have any woman, and the first immediate like ten comments are all yeah. like super negative, like disgusting yeah. filth. Yeah. You you um, see, there's a ton of anger out there, and there's a certain subset of people who are very angry and hateful towards women. You know, for for a couple different reasons that they feel justified to them, and I think it's also problematic even more so because those people make it tough to have any kind of real conversation <laughs> about anything. You know what I mean? Well, you're like a you're an intelligent, well-spoken woman, Heather. Do you still feel like you get yeah. talked down to sometimes just for being a woman? Um, like, when in... I worked in um, ra- ra- I worked yeah. at Radio Shack for six years, uh. so yeah, people guys would walk right by me. Mm-hmm. And well, th- and those would, are the types too. And those I are the same and I people. could help you just as well. And the guys in the back go, she knows just as much as we do. Yeah. And like you know, you would feel mm-hmm. that more not not recently, but when it comes to like when I worked in retail, definitely yeah. in a man's. Well, and especially in that type of, in the tech world and stuff like that, you do see it a little bit more. I mean, these are the same people posting on, you know, posting hateful stuff on the internet. It's yeah, a lot hate. of same overlap, but, like, 
Yeah, that's a thing too. Um, but there's a lot of overlap. But I think also a lot of it is the, and I don't think it gets enough credit for being with some of these people. It's the manifestation of they're intimidated by women because yes. they have very little experience with women, and they they want these women, but they've never had experience. So they get mad at it, but they're also intimidated. So they put up this blustery, hateful front mm. to as a defense mechanism to this, you know, this vulnerability and this fear that they have of interacting with women that they deem, you know, above them, whether they never admit it out loud or not, you know. And I don't know what you do to help people like that. Yeah. You know, because you're not going to do it by, I I don't know what you do. I really don't. Yeah. I don't want to get too deep into it anyway, but still, even now as a woman, it's upsetting when you still are seeing things taking away and people trying to take away rights that we have. And so, you know, we won't get into that. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think the Wonder Woman thing was it was, it was a cool thing to do. I it's cool too. to have young girls at a thing, too, to be inspired mm -hmm. by a woman that's a superhero. We have guys who get together and all watch superhero shows and wrestling and things like that. Why That'll be a couple hours. I know. Why can't we have women have a women's night in? It, There's nothing I, wrong with it. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It, and it's not even that. It's like, you know, who? okay, so it's women only. Who cares? So go see another show and let the, let the girls go. If they, who, no, who cares? Why would anybody care no. that this well, place is going to do one women's only night? Like, let them... Well, what do you think the major argument was? It, just guessing without looking at any of the Probably comments. because we say women want to be equal and they do something right. like this. Well, it's like, oh, where's the all men's showing of... Right. Like, you mean every you other showing of anything? Your rights for been able to vote longer and have your rights way longer than we have. It's just, it's, and that that's a ham-fisted way of making, of, of advancing a conversation that's a poor way to say it and like it's just, it's one of those things where like, well, why does it matter? Like, where's people the all are, men's? So go, go throw an all men's. Like, nobody right cares. Who wants to be all one way or the other anyway? You I know what I mean? I think this is like, more like an inspirational go. kind of thing for women and young yeah, girls exactly. to go to that, you know, women are just as strong. I think it's a marketing scheme. I think that it's the people from the studio of Wonder Woman who have set this up with the Alamo Draft House, which is a big burden of brand because it's really good for your brand to be so pro-feminism. If you can't see that, I don't know what to tell well, you. So just let them do their thing. Not to be and who in, cares? Well, not to be insidious about it, right? But here's the thing, right? And I hate to get down this path, right? Because I do think that this is nothing wrong with having an all-women showing of Wonder Woman. It looks no. kind of good. It's all fine. But I do look at DC, the movie company, uh -huh. who has taken a hit. Over the last few years, needs help. desperately needs a big they need movie Wonder Woman hit. To hit. And Marvel, somehow or another, has not made a female-fronted super movie yet. Considering they have about 15 different movies. They never went out of their way to do like a female-led movie. DC can get out ahead of them right here if they do a good job. Works, yeah. right, so they're definitely going to push this movie really, really hard and hope that it's awesome. And it does look good. I'm not, I'm not shitting on the movie. Yeah. And what Marvel also has to do, not that from another perspective, Marvel also has to do what's right for them and works for them. And they don't have enough women watching their stuff, so they probably are not. I don't think they have... Marvel doesn't have a female character yeah. as singular as Wonder Woman. There is a female-fronted Marvel movie in the works with Brie Larson, a character called Captain Marvel, who is... Ooh, I love Brie so, Larson. Yeah, I like Brie Larson, too. Uh, I like Captain Marvel as a character, but if any of you guys know who Captain Marvel is, I'll be surprised. It's a stretch. Yeah, Wonder yeah. Woman is like one of the... If you name like 10 comic book superheroes, especially before these Marvel movies started, Wonder, Wonder Woman's Woman. likely to come in your top yeah. 10 there. Uh, all right, good. That was good. Yeah, glad yeah. we talked about it. Good, I'm glad we even got it. We got it out there. Uh, follow Heather on Twitter at HeatherWise1, uh, Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan, me at SF Doom, or as usual, follow the show on Twitter at Uticast. Go to Uticast.com to check out all back episodes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, MadeInUtica.com. Uh, oh, yeah, September 16th, Downtown Get Down. I know it's kind of early, but uh, get excited for it. Yeah, it's coming it was up. fun last year. Yeah, Good I was looking time. forward to it. Uh, that's it. Guys, I'm excited. I'm excited. Woodstock lives. Yeah.